Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, May 20th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, we are getting closer to the Stanley Cup Final and the NBA Finals. And here locally in Boston, the Bruins are four wins away from a Stanley Cup. They swept the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final. I will react to all of that. And it was really just a wild Sunday night. It was. It was a wild a wild weekend. We had, There's a lot going on this time of year. As you know, the weather's getting a lot warmer um, and here in New England, finally we had some sun and some warmth this weekend, and I think we have finally reached the stage where we can say, you know, we're done with the winter, right? We're done, maybe even done with spring. Summertime weather feels like it is here. Hopefully it is here to stay. I guess we should knock on wood, but I am going to react to everything that we saw this weekend. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, That's promo code PICK, And by now, you're bored with your fantasy baseball league. I know I give you this little read and this spiel all the time, but it's true. You have no, you are having, be honest with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. Be honest with yourself. You're having no fun whatsoever in your fantasy baseball league. Why? Because you have the same team with the same lineup every single day for a 162-game season. And even if you're in first place and you think you got a good chance of winning it, you won't get your cash prize in that league until the end of September, early October, right? So here's what you do. Forget about that league. Go to DraftKings.com right now or download the DraftKings app and play daily fantasy baseball and put together a different fantasy baseball lineup every single day for a chance to win cash prizes every single night and you can play for free with your first deposit by signing up using my promo code PICK P-I-C that's promo code PICK P-I-C at DraftKings.com welcome to the show on this Monday May 20th um again a lot going on this weekend I'll get to the playoff stuff but what else we had the the Preakness on Saturday War of Will wins the Preakness. We already knew there was not going to be a Triple Crown winner, right? We had the drama in a Kentucky Derby. And uh, so, I mean, how invested were you? If you're like me and you don't really gamble on horse racing, you're not too invested in the Preakness. I mean, someone like myself might be a little bit more invested if I'm paying attention to a potential Triple Crown winner, but you knew you weren't going to get that. But War of Will wins the Preakness. And then on Saturday night, you had Deontay Wilder with a first-round knockout win, heavyweight boxing, if you don't know who Deontay Wilder is. Though if you go on Twitter, and I did tweet this out, if you go on Twitter, there's a weird, there's a very strange love fest for Deontay Wilder. I, I don't understand it, because the way I look at Deontay Wilder, and I follow boxing, I, I follow a lot of the big-name fighters in boxing, right? I'll, I'll follow the important fights. I'll follow the top five or six pound-for-pound fighters and watch their fights. Deontay Wilder is not hes not even a top ten pound-for-pound. I know he's got a great record. I know that record on paper looks dominant. But if you look at the heavyweight division over the last, I don't know, I mean, eight years, maybe even going back longer than that, the heavyweight division is really nothing to write home about. It's nothing spectacular. 
Uh, it's not really that exciting. I think the fight everybody wants to see in the heavyweight division is Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. I don't even know if that's ever going to happen or when it's going to happen, right? I mean, I think they're saying now that Anthony Joshua's team is trying to make it happen, but it's difficult because it's a one-way negotiation. Deontay Wilder isn't really coming back with anything. Uh, I don't know if they're ever going to fight, but that's the fight people want to see. Deontay Wilder with a first-round Knockout win, he should in this fight on Saturday night. That, that's what he should be doing. Uh, but, I mean, this isn't even... That wasn't even a... You know, the heavyweight division isn't really... He doesn't have a top 10 fight in boxing unless it's Wilder Joshua. And I don't even know if we're going to see that. There's, there's a lot more exciting stuff in the fight game than watching the heavyweight division. So that's why I don't really put too much stock into it. And that's why I'm a little surprised as to... Why there's such a love fest on Twitter for Deontay Wilder. I don't know if people just see his record on paper. And, you know, he says some wacky things to the media um, for promotional purposes. But, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I still don't see really, to, to me, that you, you can't be too dominant in a division that isn't that talented. <laughs> so, I don't care what it says on paper. Right? I don't care what it says on paper. So, the heavyweight division doesn't do it for me. But, um... Hey, Wilder with a big win. Now we wait to see if he fights Anthony Joshua, if or when that will happen. Then on Sunday, we had Brooks Kepka wins the PGA Championship, crushes the competition. I think the story here is that Tiger Woods didn't even make the cut. Tiger Woods coming off a Masters win. Everybody and their mother telling us that he's back. And, of course, when you win the Masters, you've got to say he is back. Even I say Tiger Woods is back after winning the Masters. But I expected something a little bit better than not making the cut from Tiger Woods. What was that? I don't know. I don't know, but Brooks Kepka wins the PGA Championship, and it really wasn't that close. Really wasn't that close. Kepka crushed the competition all weekend, and then Sunday night. Now I, I guess I should say spoiler alert. Maybe I'm not somebody that's going to come on here and give you all the results of what happened on Game of Thrones. Um, I have been invested in Game of Thrones really for only the last year and a half, two years. And I just recently, before this final season started, I just got caught up. Yeah, I watched everything, and I got caught up. So a lot of the stuff is fresh to me because I've, I've really binge-watched um, the previous seasons. I am late. I, so I was late to the party on Game of Thrones. But I watched this season every Sunday, the final season, and last night was the final episode of the Game of Thrones series, though I think if you watch the final episode, it's very clear when you do combine all the internet rumors with what you saw in the finale, and again, I'm not really going to spoil what happened, but I do think it's clear that you, you're going to, there's going to be some type of spinoff, whether there's a prequel spinoff or whether there's a spinoff with maybe one of these characters. And I think that if there is one character in this thing where there's a spinoff, perhaps with Arya Stock, right? And, and I'm not going to really tell you what happens, but I, I think that, Maybe they tease that a little bit. Is that what we're getting to? Look, there's a lot of complaints with the way Game of Thrones went down with the way it ended. And uh, I know this is a sports talk show, and I don't really get into anything else, though. I do get into some pro wrestling as well, and I have some thoughts on that because they had WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view on Sunday night, and there was drama there. I guess speaking of things that people on social media don't like, they were not happy with uh, the Money in the Bank event and the finish for the Money in the Bank event. But you hear those complaints. And you hear the complaints for Game of Thrones. People are upset. Get this. There's a petition out there 
that people are signing, that they want them to redo the whole final season because the fans are just not pleased with the way it went down, and they are certainly not pleased with the way the finale ended, with with the way that we saw uh, somebody new on the Iron Throne, though not really on the Iron Throne. I'm, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's uh, there's somebody new in charge of the Seven Kingdoms, or should I say now, the Six Kingdoms. Um, you know, I will say there's some stuff that's certainly confusing. There's some stuff that I think if you really look into deeper, doesn't make a whole lot of sense from this final season, especially from the final episode. There's some stuff where I'm just like, I don't, you know, I just don't understand. Like, I just, I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It feels rushed, which is a weird thing to feel given the fact that they had a whole lot of time to give us this final season, but it feels rushed. Like, the storyline feels rushed, and I guess the issue there is that they're ahead of the books now, right? The, the, the TV show on HBO, which is now over, is ahead of the... This season was ahead of the books. So, um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but was I entertained? Yeah, I was entertained. Like, I was entertained, even though some stuff doesn't make sense, even though it did feel rushed. Um, you know, I, the end result, I didn't really see that coming. There's some things I saw coming, but some things I didn't. And, uh, even though it felt rushed, some things didn't make sense, I was still entertained. I don't want to see them redo this season. How stupid would that be? If all the characters come back, they have a whole new, oh, we got a new finale. We, uh, forget about the old, they're not going to, first of all, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Second of all, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't even consider it. What, what type what type of world are we living in? And, and you know what? I, I guess this is the world we live in where people do succumb to the pressures of social media trolls. Of people who have nothing better to do with their lives than go on an app on their phone and complain about shit. There was something that happened a couple weeks ago. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Did you see the coming attraction for this? The Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I think everybody was curious, you know, after the initial poster that they put out. They're like, oh, what's Sonic going to look like? Right? What's this movie going to look like? What's uh, Dr. Robotnik going to look like? Who's being played by Jim Carrey? And... You know, the the actual trailer came out, like a three-minute trailer, a couple weeks ago. And people on Twitter were up in arms about it. They hated it. They didn't like it. So much so that the creators of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie sent out a tweet. They're like, we are going to change the way Sonic looks for you because people didn't like the way Sonic looked. Now, it did look a little strange. I won't lie to you. It did. It looked a little strange. The way Sonic looked it was a little strange, but I mean, I, I, I just, I don't understand how you can create something, put so much effort into creating a movie, seeing random no-name people on Twitter complain about it, and then decide, oh yeah, you know what, we're going to do with, we're going to give the people what they want, we're going to give Twitter what it wants, we're going to change the way Sonic looks, right, we, eh, we half-assed it. The people are right. We'll give them what they want. We'll succumb to the pressures of Twitter complaints and retweets. That's what we'll do. Like, so I guess that's the world we're living in, where that's, this stuff actually does happen. 
If you're the Game of Thrones creators, you cannot redo the final season. It just can't happen. There's too much there. Like, you came out with... I could see maybe if you... You know, you came out with a trailer for it, and then people were like, oh, we don't like this Game of Thrones trailer. But even then, I like the Sonic the Hedgehog thing, like, I don't think they should change it. Look, may, if that was part of the, the promotional strategy, they were like, we're going to put out a Sonic the Hedgehog that doesn't really look that great. We know we're going to fix it. But we want the publicity, we want the negative publicity from people. So that when we do fix it, like, we'll get the movie some attention, random attention, and then when we do fix it, it's going to look that much better given the first Sonic that we rolled out to them, right? Maybe they're playing everybody. Maybe Sonic. Maybe the creators of Sonic the Hedgehog movie are trolling everybody. Either way, people on Twitter, they think they can get whatever they want. That's maybe, that's the pro- one of the biggest problems in the world today, and I tell you about this with social media all the time. It's just a bunch of people who want to complain about shit, and, but, but, you know, when they do get their way on certain things, they, like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, they think they can do it with everything. People, oh, we don't like Game of Thrones. Let's, you know what? Let's get a social media petition to get them to do the entire season over. Oh, get out of here, would you? They're not going to do the entire season over. I don't care if you didn't like it or not. I was entertained. And if I'm entertained, that means I liked it. It's fine. It was fine. Something like that, there's so much buildup. It's almost impossible to really live up to the hype, I think, for something that big, right? And you're never going to please everybody. That's something you got to learn. And I also think that if you look at Twitter and say that Twitter is everybody, I think you are missing the point. I don't don't think you understand that Twitter is not everybody. And there's a lot of people who aren't on Twitter. There's a lot of people who don't go to Twitter to express their beliefs on everything. I tell you all the time, I subscribe to the mindset that just because I didn't tweet it doesn't mean I didn't do it or didn't watch it or didn't enjoy it. Like, I don't tweet out everything I do. Some people, that's their job. Some people, um, it's not their job, but it's all they have in life. And that's sad. But it's not everybody. I think some people like to think that everything tweeted out on Twitter, every opinion on Twitter that gets a massive following is like represents the entire world. It doesn't. It represents a very small percentage of people. And most of the time, a very small percentage of fucking idiots. That's the way I look at it. Social media and Twitter. But um, Game of Thrones, I was entertained. Again, some confusing stuff, some stuff that didn't really make sense when you do break it all down. But how much do you really want to break it all down? It's a TV show. Another thing that's a TV show was Money in the Bank. WWE's Money in the Bank. Their pay-per-view. And, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I watch Money in the Bank. And uh, this, I guess, is a spoiler. Like, I'm not going to come on here and give you the ending to Game of Thrones. But, um, you know, I think with something that I talk about more frequently, which is... WWE, and even, you know, the fight game, and this guy who ends up winning the men's Money in the Bank briefcase last night is in the fight game, or at least he, we thought he was going back to the fight game, but apparently he's not. Brock Lesnar showed up out of nowhere. His music hit as Ali was climbing the ladder to get the Money in the Bank briefcase. Lesnar came down, pushed him off the ladder, climbed up, and got the money in the bank briefcase. So Brock Lesnar's back. Every time we think he's gone, he comes back. And the reaction to it was strange because I don't think people knew what to think. But also, getting back to complaints on social media and in the 
you know, complaint-filled world that we live in where nobody's happy about anything. People don't want to see Brock Lesnar involved in the main event anymore. They don't want to see him involved in the championship picture. And I will never understand that. And so, I love, I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan. And here's where I'm at in life. All these complaints on social media, all these things you hear people complaining about, it almost makes me enjoy things even more. Like, I almost enjoy Game of Thrones even more seeing all the complaints. I almost enjoy Brock Lesnar in the championship picture. Vince McMahon keeping Brock Lesnar around, continuing to give him shot at title shot after title shot and have him win the belts and making him the top dog in the company and keeping him there. As much as the fans, for, for whatever reason, don't like it. I, as much as they don't like it, the more the people don't like it, the more people on social media complain about Brock Lesnar and his importance in the WWE and professional wrestling, the more I love it. The more Vince McMahon keeps him there and the more people hate it, the more I love it. So I loved seeing the Brock Lesnar stuff. And I hope he cashes in and I hope I hope he gets both belts. I hope he I hope they give him every belt. Uh you know, it's weird. WWE's going to Fox. SmackDown is gonna be going to Fox. FS1. You know, they're going to have a studio show. You've probably seen me tweeting at Triple H and Stephanie McMahon saying, hey, where do I audition for that studio show? I'd love to audition for it. You know, bring me in. Let's go. Let's see what happens. You want to put me through a table? Put me through a fucking table. I don't care. Um, well, Do whatever you got to do. I'll do whatever I got to do to get that studio show on FS1. You want me to super kick someone? You want to hit me with a chair over the head? Go ahead. Let's do it. Let's get nuts. Uh... But they're going to Fox, and it makes sense to keep Lesnar around. It makes sense to pay Lesnar whatever he wants, give him the titles, keep him around, because Fox is probably saying, we want Lesnar, right? We want Brock Lesnar. Like, Fox doesn't pick up WWE, and then all of a sudden, WWE says, yeah, we're done with Brock Lesnar. Like, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how it should work. So I enjoy Brock Lesnar around. I like Brock Lesnar. I, I like Paul Heyman. I think they're... I think they're perfect for the business together. And um, as much as people do not like the do not like Brock Lesnar around, it makes me want it even more. So I ended up loving seeing Brock Lesnar on that ladder coming out of nowhere. I don't understand it. I don't understand how he was even in the match or able to win it. It doesn't matter. That doesn't even need to make sense to me. Because all I need to see is a couple complaints on Twitter for me to go, you know what? Good. Good for Vince. <laughs> Don't, don't listen to the, they, they say they all, oh, we, we listen to the people now. You shouldn't listen to the people. Why, why does it, why do people think they should be listened to about everything all the time? Why? I don't understand this. The pe- this is what the people want. Who, what are you, who are you? And why should anybody care what you want? I don't understand. People think they're in such high power because they get X amount of Twitter followers. It's a Twitter follower. You're being followed by robots. You're a clown. Nobody cares who you are or what you think. But when you're on social media, you got a certain amount of followers and you're on the internet. You think you're popular in a certain aspect of the world. You think that you're owed this big favor by all these important people. Like, oh, you got to give me what we what I want. Give that's the, that's the problem with the world. Everybody thinks they should get what they want. I got news for you. The world isn't perfect and you don't get what you want. Most of the time, you don't get what you want in this world. Or maybe I speak for myself when I say that. But still, you're not owed anything. 
All right? And, and the more I log on to Twitter and I see these people, uh, they were owed a better so We're owed a better Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Game of Thrones, they owe it to us to do the final season over. Put somebody else on the Iron Throne. That's what we want. We should get what we want. Brock Lesnar's back in the WWE, won the money in the bank. We don't want Brock Lesnar. When will you start listening to us? They should never listen to you because you're stupid. Okay? <laughs> um, and I don't mean my listeners, of course. My listeners are not stupid. But you get the people I'm talking about. These self-righteous assholes who think that everything should be handed to them because they have X amount of Twitter followers and they think they're important and they're not. They're not important. And uh, I love the fact that Vince McMahon did not listen to those people and keeps bringing back Brock Lesnar because, you know, everybody's got a price. And it's just, it's, it's about money, right? It's about money. The network, Fox probably wants Lesnar. You know, you're making these trips around the world. What are they going back to Saudi Arabia? Wherever they're going, I don't even know where they're going. But, you know, they all, you know, the money, Lesnar's where the money's at for Vinnie Mac. Go get that money, kid. Go get that money. Don't care what some moron on Twitter has to say about it. Good. Oh, and I see the, I just see the tweets even this morning. People like waking up, rolling out of bed on a Monday, and they got nothing better to do than try to petition for, for a new final season of Game of Thrones or try to, try to you know, oh, fuck WWE. We're not watching anymore. We're going to watch AEW because they got Brock Lesnar up on the ladder. Fuck you. Go watch AEW. I mean, I'm going to watch AEW too. They get double or nothing pay-per-view coming up. And by the way, there is AEW news. They're going to TNT. AEW's going to TNT, where they're going to have a Tuesday night show beginning in the fall, I believe. It's going to be called Tuesday Night Dynamite. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, but I, you, know what I'm, you know what my issue is with that? I was never a WCW guy. I never, I never was, and uh, it just feels like it's WCW, <laughs> doesn't it? Like even the TNT logo, like wrestling is back, and they got the flames on, you know, going on the logo behind the AEW thing, and I'm like, are you just, is it just WCW? Only calling it AEW? Jericho's involved, um, Cody Rhodes, obviously. You know, I, I mean, look, I, I'm going to watch and I, I'm, there's some wrestlers in AEW that I'm a fan of. I'm a huge fan of Kenny Omega. I'm a huge fan of Chris Jericho. Um, I've talked about the road that Cody Rhodes has taken to get to where he's at right now. And, you know, I've, I've compared that to, uh, the type of road that maybe I've been trying to take in my, in my industry, my respective industry. You know, and uh, I'm obviously nowhere close to as successful as he is in his industry, but compared to my industry, but it, 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 I, I, I enjoy watching those guys. I think they're going to put out a good product. It's just, I don't think I'm, I'm looking at it going, oh, fuck WWE. I'm going to watch AEW because WWE is not giving me what I want. It's like, why should they give us what we want? Just entertain me. You think the Brock Lesnar uh, coming out of nowhere? Climbing the ladder wasn't entertaining? That wasn't entertaining to you? What? You, like, so the only form of entertainment, the only thing that entertains you is 
what you want, to get what you want, you're spoiled. And it's it's like I that but that's the mindset in the world on social media. If you don't get what you if the I I got news for you. All of this stuff, all of this entertainment stuff, professional wrestling, uh, television series, movies. Do you know how boring it would be if everything was just the way people on social media wanted it? Like if we just like everything was. Oh wow, this is what we wanted. This is how we wanted this movie to end. Oh wow, this is how we thought it would end because this is what we wanted. Do you know how fucking boring that would be? We turn into robots, and maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe we're all just gonna—we're gonna be controlled by AI and robots, and and we will all get what we want. We'll all be born. We'll all be controlled by robots, and and you know, it, 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 we'll just be controlled by social media. We're feeding the monsters. Is that what they say with the social media? We're feeding—we're feeding the AI just through Google alone. But um, it's just a lot of complaints. A lot of complaints, and. I, I I find enjoyment in the stuff I'm watching, I think, because of the complaints sometimes. And certainly with the Game of Thrones finale and Brock Lesnar climbing the ladder on Sunday night to get that money in the bank briefcase. Uh, I love that they keep giving us Brock Lesnar. I love it because I know how much people hate it. And I don't know why they hate it. I can't understand that. I just can't understand it. If you weren't entertained by that, I just don't... I don't know what, what's going to entertain you. Do you want to write the script for AEW, right? You want to just see, you want to see Jericho and Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho fight every Sunday night and you can come up with the, with the finish. Is that what you want? You, you know, just nonstop kickouts after two. You, just, you never want it to end. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Nothing wrong with a little surprise, even if it's, even if it doesn't, if, even if it doesn't always make sense, there's nothing wrong with a little surprise. I think I thought it was entertaining. I was entertained. Game of Thrones and WWE. I I know most of Twitter wasn't, but maybe that's why I find myself uh, liking it a little more. So that's what we had over the weekend. Of course, playoffs. I'm sorry it took me so long to get to the playoff stuff, and and really the most important stuff, really in my world, is is not Game of Thrones or even Money in the Bank. It's right now the Bruins. Four wins away from a Stanley Cup. You know how much I like La Coupe Stanley. Uh, I am obsessed with the Stanley Cup. And there's nothing better than seeing the Bruins in the hunt for the Stanley Cup. This year is... You know, I will say this, like... when When you roll through Carolina like the Bruins did in the Eastern Conference Final, there does seem to be something missing with it. Like, there's a, there's some drama that does feel like it's missing, and now you got this layoff for over a week. The Bruins sweep the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final in four games. And Game 4 was, what, Thursday night in Carolina? you got to wait around until Memorial Day Monday. So, over a week, was it 11, 10, 11 days, I think, until you begin... The Stanley Cup final. So the Bruins are sitting pretty. They're waiting to begin the final. They're, you know, they're still practicing, but obviously it's nothing crazy. They're watching St. Louis and San Jose battle in the Western Conference final. St. Louis, as I'm recording this on Monday morning, leads San Jose 3-2. to uh, Game 6 is in St. Louis tomorrow night. 
I think there's going to be a Game 7 in San Jose on Thursday. I think so. I think there will be. And I'm still not ruling out that San Jose wins this series by taking it back to Game 7 on Thursday, if that Game 7 is necessary. But St. Louis leads the series three games to two. Um, I think from a Bruins perspective, the question here is, is the layoff good or bad? Is it good or bad? I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't... I don't, I don't think the layoff is bad, but it's certainly not ideal. Like, having to wait over a week to play in the biggest game in games of your life, in which you're four wins away from a Stanley Cup, it's not ideal to have to wait over a week to get into that, right? Especially as good as you look. And more specifically, especially as good as the goalie looks, Tuka Rask you know, with the shutout in Game 4, is to the point where, and I read this quote over the weekend, I even tweeted it out, the Bruins tweeted out the quote, I think it was coming from Tory Krug, he said, we don't even talk to the guy right now, and I don't think that's an exaggeration, like, they probably don't talk to him, like, Tuka Rask is, is on another planet right now, and, and I think you the only thing that you could compare it to in the world of sports is a starting pitcher who's throwing a gem. You know, it doesn't even need to be a no-hitter. You know, there's a lot of starting pitches. Different starting pitches in Major League Baseball handle things during their starts in different fashions. Like, there's guys who you cannot talk to. Like, there's guys who the team knows. You know, in between innings, in the dugout, when your team's up at bat, you do not talk to your starting pitcher. You don't even look at him. You know, don't even act like he's not even there. Because he's not talking to you. He's zoned in and focused on the next inning. There's no communication with that starting pitcher. There's some starting pitchers that are like walking around talking to guys. That's just the way they stay loose. That's the way they stay focused by staying loose and keeping communication with their teammates. And that's fine. You know, whatever works. Whatever floats your boat, right? For the Bruins right now, I think you can compare what Tuka Rask is doing and how locked in he is to a starting pitcher who might be locked in. And, and um, you know, I, I don't know if Tuka's trying to talk to people or not, but, you know, if you're a Bruins player, I assume that, you know, you're letting, you're trying to make sure he's as locked in as possible. So it's not ideal, though, to ha- when you have a goalie this locked in to have to wait over a week. So if there's anybody I'm really concerned with, and concern is a strong word, but if there's anybody I'm taking a look at going, eh, this is not somebody that should want this long of a layoff, and this is not somebody that we should want to see get this long of a layoff, it's Tuka Rask. Because, you know, if he cools down, then that's not a good thing. Because if he continues to play the way he's playing then the Bruins are probably going to win the Stanley Cup. As I've said the last couple of weeks, this feels like it's the Bruins-Stanley Cup to lose. It does. Like, there's nobody in the East that was left that could beat them or should have beaten them. And in the Western Conference, you know, I look at... I'm telling you right now, I've watched St. Louis a lot in this playoffs. I don't think they're going to even have a shot. I do not... I really don't think St. Louis is going to have a shot against the Bruins. I don't. But perhaps what could help him out is the fact that, you know, you give the hottest goaltender in the league right now 10, 11 days off, and maybe he cools down to the point where you do have a shot, right? You do have a shot. But I guess a good thing for the layoff for the Bruins would be that right now Zidane Chara is dealing with an injury. He missed game four against Carolina. And, you know, I, I think, though, if that was a game seven... Char is playing in that game. I think that's where we stand. Um, 
you know, I would expect him to be practicing this week, Chara. I think he's going to be just fine. I think it's one of those things. You're up 3-0 in the series. Um, you're feeling confident about what you have with your entire roster, your entire lineup. I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, what's more important? You know, getting Chara a couple extra days rest. You know, just you know, just in case, because what if he did play and you, you know, you lose the game and and he hurts himself even more? I, I just think they were being overly cautious with Chara. That's what I think. Now maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But when we talk about this layoff, you want to look at a good thing. Okay, maybe not an ideal thing would be to give your hot goaltender a ten eleven day layoff. That's not ideal. But something that could be good about it is you have your big defenseman who's injured and could use some time off to heal up. So that's a good thing. And again, it comes down to, you know, who are they going to play? That's what we're watching for. And I know St. Louis leads that series three games to two. But I'm I still I'm not ruling out that San Jose. I think San Jose could still win that series. Now maybe I'll be wrong again. Game six in St. Louis tomorrow night on Tuesday night. But I still think that the Sharks could win that. Now, you know, you look at storylines, right? And that's what I've been doing because the way I think, and I know it's fucked up, but it's like, you know, the hockey gods. Like, dude, who who are the hockey gods shining down on right now? Who are they shining down on? Are they shining down on Joe Thornton? You know, if the Sharks end up getting to the finals, winning two straight here and getting to the finals, like, are the hockey gods shining down on Jumbo Joe, like, at the Garden, hoisting the cup for another team? Like, Is that, like, destiny or fate? You know, I, you know, I think of that stuff. How about, like, St. Louis, like, David Backus losing to... He, David Backus plays 10 years for the Blues. Blood, sweat, and tears. You know... Finally gets on a team, gets to the cup final, and he's got to play the Blues, and he loses to his old team. Like, could you imagine? My heart would break for the guy. Like, that's something you... That's the type of thing, like, you you don't sleep for a long time after that if that's what happens. Now, again, I don't think St. Louis would beat the Bruins. I think the Sharks have a better chance of beating the Bruins than St. Louis does, just based on what I've watched. I think that if St. Louis plays the Bruins, the way I see St. Louis playing defense or trying to play defense, I just kind of... I don't know. I feel like it's a big... I feel like that would be a big bergeron Marshan series. I do. I just... I think they dominate. I think they... What I've seen, I think they dominate. But, uh... I think San Jose would... Ser- I think San Jose would give the Bruins a run for their money. I do. More so than St. Louis. But, you know, I think... I sit here and think of the storylines. I do. I, I and, and, you know, here in Boston, we look at this, this layoff. But here's the schedule, right? If, in case you don't have it. Game one's going to be a week from today. I mean, think, think about that. It already feels like they haven't played in two weeks, doesn't it? And it was just Thursday night they played. But it feels like they haven't played in two weeks. I feel like I haven't watched the Bruins in two weeks. And we still have to wait another whole week? A week from Monday? Monday, May 27th, Memorial Day. Game one at the TD Garden. At 8 o'clock on NBC, Monday night, Memorial Day night. Um, And then game two at the Garden on Wednesday, May 29th. Then they will get Thursday and Friday off and play game three in either San Jose or St. Louis on Saturday, June 1st. 
So, I mean, you're looking at Saturday, June 1st. That's only game three. And then they'll play Monday, game four, in either St. Louis or San Jose. Uh, Monday, June 3rd. And then they'll have Tuesday, Wednesday off, come back to the Garden on Thursday, June 6th. Have Friday, Saturday off, Game 6 if necessary, back in St. Louis or San Jose on Sunday, June 9th, 8 o'clock on that Sunday night. And then Game 7, if necessary, of course, back at the Garden, Wednesday, June 12th at 8 o'clock. So that's the schedule. First two, next Monday and Wednesday at 8 o'clock at the Garden. That's really all you need to know. Right now, with regards to that schedule. So, uh, I'll watch St. Louis, San Jose on Tuesday night. Uh, I'll react to that. If there is a game seven, that'll be Thursday night. So, I'll be back here on Thursday to react to that game six on Thursday morning. Maybe St. Louis wins, and maybe we can officially give our Stanley Cup final preview. But, like I said, I I, I feel like there's going to be a game seven in that series. And I'm, and I'm not ruling out San Jose. I'm not. I'm not. So, you got that's the Stanley Cup. Playoffs in the NBA playoffs. Obviously, here in Boston, we do not have a horse in this race anymore. The Celtics were eliminated in the second round, but it doesn't mean I stop watching. I'm still fully invested in the NBA playoffs. And tonight, on this Monday night, Golden State has a chance to sweep the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. It's game four. Golden State up 3 0. Golden State, a three and a half point favorite in this game in Portland tonight. Kevin Durant did not make the trip. He's dealing with that calf injury, but Golden State should still win. I think they should still close it out. I would pick Golden State to close it out in a sweep. I would. I'd pick them to close it out in a sweep. And if they don't sweep, they'll come back to Golden State in Game 5, and they will for sure win that game, where I'm sure they will be somewhere around an 8- or 9-point favorite. I'll take Golden State to win. If not in 4, they'll win it in 5. Golden State will be in the NBA Finals. The question is, who will they play? Well, last night on Sunday night, I talked about all the things that happened on Sunday night. I didn't even mention the Toronto Raptors winning Game 3 of their East Eastern Conference Final Series against Milwaukee. Game 3 in Toronto. It was in double overtime the Raptors win. Now, Giannis Antetokounmpo fouled out in the second overtime, which obviously helped Toronto's cause. But I think the Raptors, you know, and, and I like the Raptors, and I'm kind of rooting for the Raptors, not just because Milwaukee beat the Celtics, but because I want to see Kawhi versus Golden State. That's the matchup I want to see. But Kawhi now dealing with a leg injury or a knee injury, so keep an eye on that. But, um, you know, I think the Raptors got lucky. I mean, the fact that there was even one overtime, they missed two free throws in the final seconds. And, and you know, it just it's, that was sort of an embarrassing display. Like, the game's over at that point. You hit your free throws. You don't go to overtime. Never mind two overtimes. In, in these situations, in these crucial moments, in these games, if you cannot hit free throws late in the final seconds to seal the deal on a win, in a must-win game where you cannot fall behind 3-0, um, then at that point, I think you got to get a little lucky to, to win that game. And they did with the Antetokounmpo falling out. But, uh, so not a good look for Toronto, even though they won the game. If you're a Raptors fan, I think you got to be saying to yourself, eh, I think we lucked out on this one because we should have closed it out in the fourth quarter late. But, um, hey, I guess win is a win. So Raptors trailing that series two games to one. You know, I, if, if Toronto can even it up, I'm, I'm, then I'll give them a shot to win this series. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Toronto didn't take one of the two in Milwaukee to begin that. I am. I'm surprised Toronto didn't take one of two. So, uh, I think it's a must win. I think Game Four is a must win. You're down two one. I know you don't lose a series if you lose Game Four at home, but I think it's a must win for Toronto. The way Milwaukee's been playing, Raptors have to even up that game, that series at two to two. They have to win that Game Four. At home. So uh, outside of that, here in Boston, we do keep an eye on the Celtics rumors. And if you missed my conversation with Kendrick Perkins last week on Thursday's podcast, please go listen. Former Celtic Kendrick Perkins joined me over the phone. I think we, I think he was on for like 30, 35 minutes maybe. And you can listen to the podcast, subscribe, same way you listen to this. Or you can watch just that conversation only. I cut that out and threw it on YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. And uh, I thought Perk was great. And I know he's been making his media rounds. And so there's some stuff he said to me that you already heard, like some of the stuff about Kyrie not being a good leader. Like there's some stuff you already heard there. But there was some new stuff there. And, and a couple of the things that jumped out, a couple of the headlines, were that Perk said, you know, he absolutely would be interested in the Celtics assistant coach opening. Micah Shrewsbury left, going to Purdue. Their coaching staff in Purdue, he's leaving. So there's an opening there. And, you know, Perk wants to get in, into coaching in the NBA. This would be a nice spot for him. And, and when it comes to leadership in that locker room, you know, you talk about having a veteran voice. doesn't have to be a player. It could be a former player as an assistant coach. And I think Perk would be great. So I'm pulling for Perk to get that. Not just because he came on my show and said it, but I think it would be a good fit. You know, he is a Celtic, and you know the Celtics organization, they like to bring guys back like that. Um, I think he would compliment Brad Stevens perfectly. You know, Brad Stevens doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to throw the hammer down on a couple of prima donna youngsters who might be getting away with a little something extra. You know, maybe Perk's the guy to throw that hammer down. And I'm not saying Perk needs to go in there and start choke slamming people through walls, but I mean, you know... It, it was very clear that the Celtics needed somebody to do something in that locker room this year, and they just didn't have that guy. They didn't have that guy. And maybe Perk can be that guy. So he said that, and I think it would be a nice spot for him to get that assistant coach, coaching spot. I think Perk would be good for that. But I think if you want to look at the conversation I had with Perk last week and, and ask, what's, what was, like, what's the headline there? And, you know, I was waiting for it to be a headline somewhere, and, and I didn't see anybody really pick up on this. Um, but what else is new, right? What else is new? Could you imagine? I'm going to play you just a real quick clip of something that I think should be the headline. Could you imagine if this was said, and Perk was on Woj's podcast a couple weeks ago, and they didn't talk about this, but could you imagine if Perk said this on Woj's podcast, the amount of publicity it would have had? It would have been the top story on ESPN, but it's on my podcast and, you know. It's just not the same to some of these guys. Fuck off. Here's Kenneth Perkins. I thought was the headline stealer in the conversation because it really contradicts every single report that is out there on the relationship between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. And the reason this is important, their relationship, is because Kyrie, as we know, is probably going to opt out or is expected to opt out, is going to be an unrestricted free agent beginning July 1st, and the Lakers have been rumored as a team that he's interested in going. There have been multiple reports on that. You go back to January when we talked about the Rick Buecher report. 
when he said sources tell him Kyrie Irving is genuinely interested in rejoining LeBron James and doing so with the Lakers. That was one. Then you got Brian Windhorst recently going on multiple radio TV outlets saying, you know what? The door is opening to Kyrie going to the Lakers. It's opening more and more every single day. And basically all this stuff is just kind of, kind of, you know, confirming my belief that I think Kyrie Irving would absolutely consider going to the Lakers to the point where I might even put my money that he ends up in LA. And I've been saying this for a long time. The reason people say, people like me who say that are crazy, the reason people are like, Danny, you're nuts, that would never happen. The reason people say Kyrie would never go to the Lakers is because they think Kyrie and LeBron hate each other. And that Kyrie would never want to play with LeBron again because he left Cleveland because of LeBron. And my theory on that has always been, I don't think he left Cleveland because of LeBron. I think there was something else there. And I don't think that Kyrie and LeBron have ever even disliked each other. I think they've always continued to be friends. And I don't know where the narrative started, or maybe I do know, Brian Windhorst was the one when Kyrie asked for the trade a couple years ago. Brian Windhorst, who, by the way, is LeBron James' mouthpiece and PR director, Windhorst is the one that reported the reason Kyrie wanted out is because he didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. You know, there was a, there, there was a, some tension there. You know, the, the friendship wasn't the same. And that took on a life of its own to the point where we all thought that those two guys hated each other. I, I posted videos probably like three or four times over the last couple of years that Kyrie and LeBron have hugged it out after games or have been talking at All-Star Weekend. And these are, I've, told, I've tried to tell you, these are not two guys who hate each other. Nobody wanted to believe me. They're like, I, and I, every, every single person, any person I ever say, I could walk out of the studio right now and I could go up to someone and go, hey, where do you think Kyrie's going to go? And they'll say New York. And, and they're not crazy by saying that, by the way. He could end up in New York. But, but I'll respond to that and say, well, I think he's going to go to the Lakers. And without fail, 100% of the time, that other person will tell me, no, he'll never go play with LeBron again. He'll never play with LeBron again. And I say, well, why? And they say, well, that's the, the, that's the reports. That's, what, you know, that's what's out there. Those guys don't like each other. I say, well, who's telling you that? Oh, we, it was being reported. It was on ESPN, Brian Winhorst. And I say, well, what if I ask somebody who, what if I ask someone who played with both Kyrie and LeBron, who knows their relationship? What if I told you that that person said there was never a beef between those two guys? That they, they've never disliked each other. Well, who, who says that? They would say, who, who says that? Well, I'll tell you who says it. Kendrick Perkins said it on my podcast last week. Here's the headline. Kendrick Perkins wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie goes to L.A. Because Kendrick Perkins says, Kyrie and LeBron? There's never, there was never beef between those two guys. Here's Perk on my show last week talking about it. And even lately, we've been hearing about the Lakers. And I've been saying for a while now, don't sleep on the Lakers with Kyrie. And people laugh at me. They say, oh, Kyrie would never want to play with LeBron again. My theory with Kyrie and LeBron, Perk, I want your your take on this. My theory with those two is that they didn't really dislike each other as much as everybody seems to believe. And I think he would go to L. I think Kyrie would go to the Lakers. Do you think those no, two? No, you're right. Do you no, think those right. two could play you're together? Not, yeah, you're, you're 100 percent right. Kyrie, LeBron, and Kyrie never had a problem. Like it, it was never a beef between those guys. So 
I mean, if Kyrie, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised either if he end up in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he end up in L.A. Also. So there, there you go. There you go. That was me, obviously setting it up from last week, the beginning of that audio. But um, he says there was never a beef between those guys. Why isn't that a major headline? Someone explain that to me. And and you don't. You don't even have to, you could hate my guts. You could hate my show. You could think I suck. You could never want to listen to me. Fine. You have, you know, it's your opinion. I, I get it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Um, you're not going to please everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. That's fine. You could hate my guts. But news is news, my friend. <laughs> news is news. And that is news. And if you're ignoring that, I mean, then... You're ignoring important news. You because you cannot sit here and and all of us you cannot dissect the Kyrie Irving free agency stuff and you know the Lakers involvement in it, which clearly they're going to be involved. We we hear them linked. Who are the teams we hear? We hear the Knicks and we hear the Lakers. Some people want to say Brooklyn. Eh, no way. You think Kyrie goes? Hey, I'm going to New York City, but I'm going to go to Brooklyn. The no. Madison Square Garden, that's the building you want to be in, right? Come on. Um, so it's the Knicks, it's the Lakers, and I guess you could say it's the Celtics. Like, some people still holding out hope. I, I just think that, I think you've heard me say it on the show, the Kyrie Irving experiment needs to just end in Boston. It didn't work out, and I don't think he ever wanted to be here. And he was only here because he didn't want to be in Cleveland. And he didn't want to be in Cleveland for reasons other than his relationship with LeBron James. You just heard it from Kenny Perkins. News is news. You cannot sit here all summer and try to dissect NBA free agency and try to dissect and get into the mind of Kyrie Irving. You cannot analyze that and ignore what I just played for you at the same time. If you do, you're not doing your job. You're not doing your job. I don't care if you like me or hate me. That's news. Kyrie and LeBron never had a beef. So if they never had a beef... It is very, it's even more possible now that Kyrie ends up with the Lakers. It, it's just, hey, they'll ignore, they ignore it. Do me a favor. If you're on Twitter and maybe you, you agree with me, tweet at ESPN. I put a link up there with, with Perk. There's a video of it on my Twitter account, right, of Perk saying that. I tweeted at Brian Windhorst. I tweeted at ESPN. Tweeted at a couple other people, you know, Lakers shows and all that. Um... Make it hard for them to ignore that. Make it be that they have to purposely ignore it. Put it in their face. Tweet it at them. Help me out. Come on. But, hey, they're ignoring it, nonetheless. But it's, I, think, I thought it was big news. I thought it was a headline. I really did. The whole conversation I had with Perk. But if you missed it, go back, listen to it. Also, watch it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the notifications Bell, do all the good stuff. And then, um, speaking of the Lakers, this morning, right before I jumped on this show, Magic Johnson, now the former president of basketball operations for the Lakers, you know, he had the, he, he stepped down randomly and had the impromptu press conference where he's standing up and called the media over to him and quit on the spot before he even went to Genie Bus, before he even went to GM. Rob Palenka, before he even went to LeBron James, he just said, I'm done. I am done. And what did we all say? There's something fishy about this. I told you, there's something fishy about this. 
And I continue to say today, there's something fishy about this. Magic Johnson on ESPN. He sat down in studio on first take with Max Kellerman and who else is he with? Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. And uh, he talks about Rob Palenka, the GM of the Lakers, who's still the GM of the Lakers. And Magic Johnson says, I don't like, oh, excuse me, I didn't like the things he was saying behind my back. Magic Johnson said GM Rob Palenka was backstabbing him. Stabbing him in the back. Now, you did hear a report the days after Magic resigned. There was a report that Rob Palenka, the GM of the Lakers, had a secret meeting with LeBron James and LeBron James's agent. This was just, again, days... Uh, apparently, this meeting happened about a week before Magic called, called the quits, and obviously a week or two before they fired Luke Walton. Um... And when the Magic stuff came out and we heard about this secret meeting with the GM, Rob Palenka, and LeBron James and LeBron's agent where Magic was not involved, you know, maybe you could put two and two together. But here's why I don't believe... Magic Johnson today, you would think, wanted to make it sound today on ESPN like he was a guy who was bitter with the GM. He didn't get along with the GM. He was sick of uh, the GM stabbing him in the back. Here's the, here's the reason I don't believe any of this. Here's the reason. Magic Johnson on the uh, on the the Lakers, you know, chain of command. Magic Johnson could have just fired the GM. You're the president of basketball operations, you're Magic fucking Johnson. Okay? This is your organization. This is the same organization, the same franchise that on the same ESPN show this morning, Magic Johnson was asked what if, you know, Genie Bus was going to sell the team. You know, Magic said, he said, oh, he goes, I would, I would be calling her right away trying to buy it. You know, he's talking about the Lakers saying us and we, and I get it. He's a Lakers legend and he'll always do that. But there's just still something so fishy about it. Like if you're going on ESPN and you're saying the reason I stepped down as president of basketball operations is because, because I wasn't. I didn't like the way our GM was doing business. You realize that makes no sense, right? Like, you understand that as, you know, a Lakers legend, you understand as a Lakers, as a Lakers legend and as the president of basketball operations, you realize you can fire the GM, right? <laughs> now, someone might have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think the GM has more power then Magic Johnson, the Lakers legend, never mind the Lakers legend and the president of basketball operations, Magic Johnson, even if he wasn't involved in the organization, could have called Jeannie Buss and said, we don't, I don't like this GM. And I think they would have got rid of him. <laughs> like, even if Magic Johnson wasn't even involved, Magic Johnson, especially where he was president of basketball operations, he can fire the GM. So... You know, I, 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 I don't really believe any of this, and I still come back to, even after watching Magic Johnson today, I'm still coming back to, and don't forget, they're, in, they're all in Hollywood. This is all an act. Palenka knew this was going to happen. This might have been Palenka's idea. Why don't you go on ESPN? And I'm a conspiracy theorist, and this is going to be a conspiracy theory that I'm throwing out there. But 
My my theory is that even, you know, they're all in on this. Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, LeBron James, LeBron's agent, the whole uninterrupted network. Um, They're all in on this. Hey, Magic, why don't you go on ESPN? You know, make this look like an ugly break. People are wondering. You know, people are going to see you out getting a cup of coffee with Anthony Davis. Right? They're going to ask questions. They're going to see, you know, nobody's replacing your position, the Lakers organization. They're going to ask questions. We got we to gotta take this whole thing to another step. We got to make this, you know, this was a bad break, and we have to make it look like that, okay? So, go on ESPN. Say the GM was stabbing you in the back. You didn't feel comfortable anymore. It's just got to, there's got to be some tension. We got to add to this story. Or it's just going to seem weird. We could get in trouble. That's my theory. And the reason I say we could get in trouble is because my theory is that Magic Johnson is basically legally tampering right now. He's not officially a part of the Lakers organization. He doesn't officially have a role in their front office decisions, which means that nobody in the NBA can punish the Lakers if Magic Johnson goes out and meets with players and calls players and texts players and tweets at players because he's not legally tampering because he's not officially part of any organization. So my prediction is this. Magic Johnson, who's now basically, you know, and I say it's confusing, right? Legally tampering, illegally tampering. Like, it's a confusing thing because tampering's tampering. Legal, illegal, tampering's tampering. So let's just say that Magic Johnson will say, because he's not part of the Lakers, he's not doing anything wrong by going to have a cup of coffee with Anthony Davis, by sending Anthony Davis a text. But if he's officially the president of basketball operations of the Lakers, he cannot even communicate with Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is part of another team. Is under contract with another team. And this could go for any other player. This could go for Kawhi Leonard right now in the East Finals. You know what I mean? Like, anybody. Anybody, even right now. I mean, Kyrie Irving isn't a free agent until July 1st. You know what I mean? So, like, if Magic Johnson, now that he's stepped down and, and, and he's not part of the Lakers organization officially, if he's out there talking to these players, he can't get in trouble for it. The Lakers can't get in trouble for it. And that's why it's like, he's not doing anything wrong. Technically. But my prediction is that Magic Johnson will have his job back by August. He will. He'll have his job back by August. And, uh, you know, they'll probably end up landing a, a, a big-name player or two, whether it's trade, free agency, or both, one of each. And and it will probably be because Magic Johnson was out there, like, working the phones <laughs> because he's no longer part of the Lakers organization and you can't get it. We, you know, you can't punish us for this now. It's shady. It's all shady. He goes on ESPN. He's saying he left the Lakers organization because he didn't get along with the GM. You're Magic Johnson. You can fire the GM. Isn't that a simple solution? You just get a new GM. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand it. So I don't believe any of it. Because it makes no sense, I don't believe it. And I think they're just creating drama to get in our heads and think that, oh, every, everyone hates each other there. 
And then, you know, Magic's going to come crawling back. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So it's going to happen. So we'll keep an eye on it. But, uh, yeah, that's what we got with the playoffs. I, a couple quick things here, I guess, to, to wrap it up. I wasn't going to get to this stuff because I've kept it this show going a long time today. Um, The Red Sox lose two of three to the Astros over the weekend. They win on Sunday, though, snapped Houston's 10-game win streak. Houston has the most wins uh, in the American League. But really, the story for the Red Sox is, yeah, Chris Sale seems to be back. And that's good. And I think that's what we expected him to be back at some point. David Price is back coming off the DL. But Michael Chavis, you know, the same kid that I praised playing second base a couple weeks ago. And then Dustin Pedroia's burner accounts kept coming at me on Twitter. When I said, you know, you can't take Chavis out of the lineup when Pedroia gets back. You can't do it. People are like, oh, Chavis isn't a second baseman, Danny. And I say, well... Seems to be doing fine there right now. Chavis with another home run on Sunday. He's got eight home runs in 25 games. He's hitting 290, and he's even hitting leadoff, showing more versatility than he's already shown by moving to second base. He's hitting leadoff. Chavis is doing things that I don't know anybody in the organization even expected him to do. Okay? And uh, I know I didn't expect him to be doing this. I really didn't. But since he is, and there's a spot for him there at second base, I just don't think you're taking him out of that spot. Uh, and I know that Pedroia's having setbacks with the knee, and who knows when he could be back. But I mean, you know, I, I and I don't think praise for Chavis needs to be a knock on Pedroia. You know, that's the Pedroia diehards will take it that way. The Pedroia diehards will, will take Chavis' praise, and, and and they'll think you're hating on Pedroia. I mean, look, nobody can deny what Pedroia's done for the Red Sox organization. Nobody can. If you're going to take away what he's done for the organization and the production that he's had and, and helping this team to championships, if you're going to ignore all that, I mean, you're just an idiot, right? I don't care I don't care if you like the guy or not. I'm not a big fan of Pedroia, his personality. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. But I'm not an idiot. I'm, a, I'm still acknowledging how important this guy's been to the Red Sox organization, right? Over the last 10 to 12 years, you have to acknowledge that. If you don't acknowledge his importance to this organization, you're an idiot. But that doesn't mean, like, you have to give him his spot back if you've got a kid who's ready to rock and roll and stay there. So, yeah, it's a tough decision. It's going to be. But Chavis is the one making it a tough decision. It doesn't have to be a knock on Pedroia. It's just Chavis is making this a tough decision. But who knows? He keeps this up, hitting with this type of power. You know, this might become a real easy decision for Alex Cora, which is you can't take Chavis out of the lineup. Sorry. Even if Pedroia's back. So um, that's just where we stand. The Red Sox are four and a half games behind the Yankees for first place in the AL East, as I record this on Monday morning. And then, uh, you know, just to wrap it up, an NFL thing that I missed last week because there was so much going on, the Patriots bring back linebacker Jamie Collins. They signed Jamie Collins to a one-year, $1 million deal. So one year, $1 million, only 250000 guaranteed. Now, with incentives, it could be up to $5 million for the one year. But I think that's if he really is checking off all the boxes when it's all said and done. And if he's doing that 
if he gets the five mil, it worked out and you shouldn't be complaining about it. So it's incentive based. One year, one million, two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand guaranteed. I don't know what Jamie Collins has left in the tank. He's been dealing with some injuries. He's 29 years old. Patriots traded him to Cleveland a few years ago. I think we were all shocked by it. But at the same time, maybe weren't shocked because that's just what the Patriots do is they make moves that other organizations maybe wouldn't. But that's why the Patriots have been so successful. And they bring him back now in a one-year incentive-based deal where Jamie Collins is going to, in my opinion, probably ball out Patriots will let him go next year. He'll sign a big contract with someone, and 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 then he'll get hurt again, and the Patriots will... Bill Belichick will once again look like a genius. That's basically how this thing works. That's how I'm used to seeing it work, and I, I expect it to work again this way. So, Jamie Collins, welcome back to New England, big dog. How about that? I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but again, that's what the Patriots do. They do things that maybe you don't see coming, and we'll see how it all plays out so uh that's what we got i'll be back on thursday get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com also at podcast one itunes spotify anywhere podcasts are available again subscribe to my youtube channel all forms of social media unless you want to try to hit me up with complaints about game of thrones and the wwe go somewhere else with that garbage Go somewhere else with that garbage. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you on Thursday.